I it just... was in a 17th century home. <laughs> Octagon room, mm. all these windows, and uh, my own porch. Natural wood flooring mm-hmm. and stone walls. I had my own entrance and a balcony and I could take girls back there and they would <laughs> touch my pee-pee. <laughs> but now I'm stuck in my parents' Touching basement, my own pee-pee. <laughs> touching my own pee-pee and I'm too much of a bitch to buy a pocket pussy because I don't want my mom to see it on the front step when UPS drops it off. <laughs> That is true. (laughs) Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the additional content that we put out throughout the holiday week. Uh, I just month, baby. I, I was yeah. It's uh, six episodes this month, and if this episode gets out before January first, it's not. It, it won't. <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> then we will have had seven episodes that that we put out this month. But we already had, uh, when I say record high download numbers this month, what I mean is record high under this new hosting site that, that we are on with Age of Radio and stuff like that. But yes. a big congratulations to, to everyone who's part of the Age of Radio family because they just reached one million total downloads. Ow! Yeah, I know. We're part of that. I mean, we're like the tail end part well, of it. We, but I like to think yeah. we are what pushed it over the we, edge. Took them over the edge. Yeah, we're like yeah. You know, signing us was was when they were just like, we got this. You know? They knew what it was going to take for yeah. them to do that, yeah. accomplish that, and the goal. And they, they did. They made sure that it was they us. signed the guys. It was to us do it. and a bunch of others. <laughs> There's a lot of guys over there with, yes. with uh, the Age They're of Radio podcast network who have who have been who have been putting in in the work for years, and that's what led to those one million downloads and stuff like that. So, you know, big congratulations to everybody involved with the Age of Radio podcast network. And you can check out all the great shows over there at ageradio.org. But me and Jay, uh, we, we have a briefer episode for you this time around, mainly because it's the end of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it, it, shit's been busy. As I mentioned in the last episode, I got a fucking hole in my roof. It's below 30 degrees outside, which is just... Yeah, uh, we're know, definitely in wintertime now. Yeah, for sure. We're getting into the new year. Shit's busy. Uh, and there, honestly, there's... While there's a ton of movies that I think we've seen that we both want to talk about, none of them are on the forefront like the two movies that we want to talk about tonight are. Because these are two movies that were supposed to be in theaters. Yeah. Big and movies. Big movies. Now they're at home streaming. Yeah. And tentpole movies. Yeah. Disney, Warner Brothers, holiday releases. For sure. Um, they're huge. So tonight we're just going to be doing reviews for Soul. Uh, which has just come out on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. And we are doing our review for Wonder Woman 1984, which is in theaters, but also streaming on HBO Max, which uh, is how I enjoyed the film because I wasn't going to theaters. And neither could Jay because we are still in a two-week COVID shutdown here in Pennsylvania where nothing is open except bars are still allowed to be open like i drive past bars and there's cars outside all the time sunday there's a place called the stadium right down the road from me tons of cars in the parking lot yeah well, everybody's inside and they're I'm, they're they're just gonna take the fines no no there, there are no fines they they just have to close by 10 p.m that's the that's what this oh is that the loophole that's the loophole they just, they have to close by 10 p.m you don't have to you don't have to you don't wow. have to have i didn't know that you don't have to have outside dining because I knew some were still just like fuck it, I'm just going to do what we want to do, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I just figured that they were just going to get still fines, and they nope. thought that it was cheaper nope, to get fined. They just, fined have, they just than have to, to close by closed. 10 p.m. That's when the virus wakes up. The mm-hmm. virus sleeps all day, and at, at 10 p.m. it goes. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Oh man, let's let's and, I, uh, and, and look. I get. I let's get inside it. somebody. There's a good <laughs> chance that this might get extended. It's like Jay at 10 p.m. Jay's just like, oh, let's get inside somebody. <laughs> I'll tell you what. In my early 20s, that's a hundred percent all on my mind. Oh, is, is that when you used to send the you up text? <laughs> you no, up. no, no. It was like when closing time came on the radio in the bar. Closing time, <laughs> and the lights come on. I'm like. <laughs> 
And I'm looking for all the like the scurrying. I know. Like, all right, I just try I and snatch a girl, and I'm like, okay, take me home. Yeah. <laughs> I know who I want the last to man take me home. The last two standing. <laughs> You'll do. Let's go. Let's go. Saddle up. But that's not 10 p.m. That's 2 a.m. That's like 2.30 a.m. Oh, I can't do that anymore. I'm like, no, no. Fuck no. 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 I mean, like, while, while my kid is staying with me, she's one of those kids that, like, goes to bed. She goes to bed pretty easily. You know, you put her down, like, at her bedtime, read her stories, stuff like that, pat her on the back, give her hugs, kisses, all right, good night, and then she's out. And then, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, saunters out, and she's like, I can't sleep. <laughs> and I'm like... Just like 20 minutes into you, you fall asleep. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which is like right after I just shut off playing yeah. video games with duty. Yeah. And I'm going to sleep. And I can't sleep. And she's like right up in my face. And now we have these new sofas that we bought, which is a, which uh, we can extend the size of the sofa out to like a sleeper sofa. It adds mm. like two extra cushions to it. So like now I have like no excuse where I can be like, sofa's too small. Daddy's too fat. You can't lay with me. Go back to bed. Because <laughs> now it's like, it's plenty big. I'm gonna get in, <laughs> and I, I tried to like this weekend. I was like, you know what? To to stop this, I'm gonna put the most boring shit on TV. I, I, I've been playing comic books, Star Wars comic books that are being read to you by somebody on YouTube, and it's just showing you the pictures and stuff like that. Oh wow! Yeah, it's boring. But like, what what I mean by boring? Like, if it's it's I've read the comics and stuff, but it's it's someone's dull, monotone voice just reading words and stuff, and. I fell asleep to it, and I woke up this morning, and I asked her. I could her, see myself easily falling and asleep And I asked her, like, like, I was like, did you go back to sleep last night? And she goes, no. She's like, I just watched your Star Wars book. And I was like, which one? And she's like, and then <laughs> she's like, she, yeah, she, she was like, there was a blue guy. So it was like the comic book version of Heir to the Empire with Thrawn. And she goes, it was good. I liked it. And I was like, okay, fuck. <laughs> like, what do I do? I need sleeping pills for this kid, but I'm not allowed Jeez, to do that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, that's why I believe every parent should be given. A, She's your daughter, man. Should be given a blow dart to use, like at, <laughs> at, at, at times. You can't use them like every day, but you get like one blow dart yeah. a week where your kids just like giving you too much shit. You just go, yeah. <laughs> down they go. And the, he- the healthy ones, you know, <laughs> exactly. It exactly. also has their vitamins in it that they refuse to take. You know, all that good stuff. But I, I did have, I did, I did have some like shut up stuff for my daughter this week, as I call it, where it's like uh, she she really wanted to watch Crude's The New Age, so I rented mm-hmm. Crude's The New Age for her. Uh, she loves Crude's one. I'm not. A, I, we're not doing a review for for Crude's New Age or anything like that because it's like it's okay. You know, it's 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 a fine, serviceable animated movie. Jay would hate it, um, but it's 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 nothing groundbreaking. It's never nothing revolutionary. It kept my my kid busy for an hour and a half, and it gave me a few yucks. Is it worth nineteen ninety nine? Fuck no! It's going to be on Netflix in a couple weeks, so just wait until that. Uh, so we had that to watch, and then we had. Um, we can be heroes on Netflix, which is the Robert Rodriguez directed kids flick where they all are the children of superheroes, and it's got Pedro Pascual, Boyd Holbrook, yep. um, Christian Slater, uh, and, and and a whole slew of of, of act, known actors that you sure. would recognize sure. and stuff like that. They all play the superheroes, but we're following their kids, and it takes place in Robert Rodriguez's Shark Boy and Lava Girl universe. So Sharkboy and Lava Girl are actually in it. So this is kind of like a spin-off sequel to that. Could be a big thing. Right. It's getting great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. My daughter loved it. I didn't hate it. Like, I mean, it's super cheesy. But the nice thing well, about it is Yeah, Robert knows how to, to embrace that. It's made to be cheesy. Like yeah. it's it, it it's it's as if like they, they took that Nickelodeon dial, they turned it to eleven, and then they were just like it. It can't get any more ridiculous. Like, I could actually see Robert Rodriguez sitting there looking at the uh, the finished product on on the uh, special effects, going, "Now make it look shittier." <laughs> well, he does. He does all of his movies and cuts them and everything in, in his weeks. own studio in, weeks. in Texas. From what I heard, uh, he pa- does it extremely cheap. Pedro Pascual, like he met him while doing The Mandalorian, which was almost about a year ago. But but okay. but this film was like conceived and and Pedro Pascual hired and put sure. on the screen and filmed, and that and that came out <laughs> pretty much was put together long after he filmed his episode of The Mandalorian and came out roughly same time as The Mandalorian because that's how Robert Rodriguez works. But yeah. it's free on Netflix. 
Netflix. If you have kids, it's fun to watch with them, especially if you're the type of adult who who, well, who, who can laugh at the superhero genre, yeah. but also just is it, cool it's, shutting it's your a, brain and off. And again, it's a great holiday time thing to do. The kids are around more. They're out of school. Throw this on. You'll have some fun. Yeah, but we're not doing full reviews for those. So, Jay... Let's get into our first full review, which is another movie that my daughter loved this week, and it is Disney and Pixar's Soul. Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at seven. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's going to say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Is this heaven? No. It's the great before. This is where new souls get their personalities, quirks, and interest before they go to Earth. Meet 22. I don't want to go to Earth. Stop fighting this. I don't want to. Uh. Hey, look, I already know everything about Earth, and I don't want anything to do with it. You're missing out on the joys of life. Okay, I get it. Wow. It's my life. Is all this living really worth dying for? You're still alive? Can you help me get back? No way! There I am. What are we waiting for? Wait, not me! Hmm, this weird. What is it? 151,000 souls go into the great beyond every day. And I count every single one of them. The count's off. All right, so, so follows Joe, a a middle school music teacher uh, who has aspirations of making it big in the jazz world. He uh, finally gets his big break about to play with a big name jazz band Mm -hmm. and he falls through a manhole cover and is dead. Shocking, right? And and while crossing, because I was really loving. Oh, that the was beginning. in the trailer. That was in the trailer. Well, so, I, I didn't see the trailer. Yeah, but so so he's he's traveling. He's traveling through the bridge to the afterlife, and decides I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, and I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna get myself yeah. back to Earth, and I'm gonna take my fucking shot like Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I told you that day. I was like, I'm not gonna watch the trailer. I'm just gonna watch it. You you said you thought that I might enjoy this one and, and give it a go. And to be honest, I was kind. I was kind of in the mood for something light, you know, something mm-hmm. different. And I threw it on. I'm like, oh, this is going great so far. It's great. I mean, the animation looks great. I just didn't like the way they shaped his head for some reason. Everybody else looked okay. But, <laughs> but other than that, I love the music. Yeah, his, like, this is a jazz world. His head was the shape of the planter's nuts guy. <laughs> yeah, it was very bizarre. <laughs> and he was the only one, too. Everybody else was kind of normal looking. Makes but, him stand out. Um, and, then, uh, and then all of a sudden, splat. And then he's in this weird, like afterlife medium type uh and that's when jay goes spot. things don't look real anymore oh, no, I, i'm not I, in I, I was not in i'm not in it was no I, yeah it, it took a turn for the worse for me and, I, and it took a while for me to dig out of that and kind of find my flow again with the film however during that segment there was some uh two in particular laugh out loud jokes that, why are that, you that still going me. forward why aren't you scared oh <laughs> Like was that the part that made you laugh? Because that that well, made me laugh. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, I know. I was like, this well, is this is first five minutes of the movie. So we're still in here. You know, there's a portion when you go into like the zone room or something like that, and everyone's in the zone or in their vibe, and uh, and twenty two likes to mess with people, and and she like she's oh I've been doing that for a long time, and it was like the New York Knicks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was <laughs> that was kind of funny. Hilarious. And that made me laugh. And then uh, also a, a presidential joke with like Lincoln got upset. He's like Jackson's on the on the twenty on like, the twenty. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Like that that made me laugh out loud. For Those sure. are the it, jokes was, that, that that are for the adults and stuff. But yeah, I, I you know so I don't want to get into the plot too much. I don't want to spoil too much for anybody. But because uh, we're not we're not going to do a spoiler segment for this. This is more of the uh, short form five minute ish yeah. review here. But I really did enjoy kind of the way that the, sto- the story was set up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm with you. I wasn't sold on like this afterlife world that they kind of like sped that they. So we actually don't see the afterlife. I'm sorry. We see the we see the conveyor belt between the afterlife right. and life, and right. then we see the the place that exists before 
for life. Yeah. And Joe goes there to become a mentor to 22, who's played by Tina Fey. Joe's played by Jamie Foxx. I think, hey, Jamie Foxx did a fantastic job voice yes. acting in this. Tina Fey did a fantastic job here. You know, I liked their I liked their voices. I thought they lent to the characters extremely well. I like the ambiguousness of 22, where like I don't know whether 22 is a is a boy or girl. You know, male or female, it didn't matter, right? It was just about like like getting through to twenty two to to help them achieve what is what Joe is there to help them achieve and stuff like right. that. While Joe is simultaneously essentially looking out for himself and trying to get back to his life, and there is there is a wonderful story in here that I think is not aimed at our children at all. Oh, I agree. And I and that's one of that's probably my favorite thing. Well, one of my favorite things about this film is the story. It, the story as a whole is fantastic, right? And like Joe being stuck in the cat and like scratching people and like having those freak out cat well, moments that, of like, wah, wah. like that to my daughter was funny to me. That was another transition that made me go no. But to me, that's <laughs> inconsequential because the entire point of putting Joe in, right? You could have put Joe into a dog. You could have put him into a squirrel. You could have put him into a bird. You could have put him into anything. It didn't matter as long as Joe was on the outside looking in at his own life Mm -hmm. as long as he took an outsider's perspective to himself and it's something that none of us can ever really do but joe you know he doesn't feel great about his life right like in, in his mind he's he's a failure and he's always been a failure but if you pay attention throughout the movie he has successes little successes not these big not these big breakout moments and stuff like that but like he he's never unaware t- of that right though. but he never takes solace in the fact that he taught curly and curly is the one who's playing in the band who got him the audition for yep. the gig yep. he taught him yeah and then there's the little girl on the steps who plays the sax who plays the trombone he taught her too and like he doesn't take that as a success he doesn't see that like he's passing on his knowledge and his talent to somebody else it's so much about him and as adults very tunnel driven yeah right in our, in our lives i feel like we're exactly the same way because believe me i, I and i i, I do want to say that i think soul definitely touched me in a way because of where i have been in my life a lot you know like I look at what we do on this show and I don't think we do enough. I don't think that I don't think that I put enough work into this for it to become something that I really want it to become, but I also I feel like I'm limited by by my surroundings and stuff like that that don't allow me to achieve these things and I never take a step back and realize that like with this like with this show we've we've had tens and thousands of downloads and stuff like that of people that some of them we know, but most of them we don't know. Yeah. And I've, I've always to tried to tell you that too, and, and, and people and it listen is mind-boggling. And, and, and me and you sat in a bar at one time, drunk, and we said, "Like, let's just start a podcast." Mm-hmm. The thing that we did differently was we actually did it. Right, <laughs> right. We actually did it. I did most of the work. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you committed to showing up, I commit- and, <laughs> and that is a big deal for with, you. <laughs> my presence and, and beer. And that's is, a big is deal. All I have to offer. That's a big deal for you. You sh- you committed to show up every week and record, yes. and you've left your your, I'm your loyal David. You've left your <laughs> schedule flexible to 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 match my busy one. But you know, and, and but those are things but like also my dead-end job and stuff like that and i don't want to go too too deep into it but this movie did it you know is hitting me at a time where i'm just like i feel like i want to do more and i'm i'm meant to do more like you know i'm missing my calling all this stuff mm-hmm. it's definitely midlife crisis and then i that it makes me sad because i'm like oh i'm there i'm there i'm at the midlife so are you you're there you're at the midlife yeah, crisis and, too. and i think a lot of, a lot of it was where you know i think it's also about the, the the small things, the details, the day to day. Like it's it's all about, you know, when the, the classic saying like life is happening when you're making plans or you know stuff like that. Yeah, li- life's happening while you're busy making other plans. Right. Same type of concept, right? This is one of those kind of things where you're 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 not you're missing the small moments of life that are really making life worthwhile and and to cherish and and appreciate. And it's one of those things where sometimes you know you don't realize it until after the fact. You know, like our for for me, uh, you know, things like people I've met and 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 my old job and things like that. There's so many great things to take away from and appreciate. And at the time, maybe you just don't see it. You don't see yourself as doing something good per se but you are and um and 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 also with 22 
her story is is a little bit on the interesting side as well because she's so depressed and so just down on everything and doesn't feels hopeless on herself on on life and and I think a she's lot of down people, on life before it's even started exactly <laughs> and it's really dark and it's it one is. of those things where you know that was really jarring to me because she is a very dark character and I thought for especially for a Pixar film and some kids just won't relate to it and some people who just don't have kind of those thoughts aren't going to relate to it either right and i do think that that is a small hiccup within the story because i know you and i can get on board with that and roll with it but i know there's a lot of people just don't have those kind of feelings or thoughts really and and for the most part and and um and especially especially as a pixar film they're gonna see this as a weird change up i think for like i think this is a sleeper hit for for Pixar is what I is what I was thinking while watching it. Yeah. This is a movie that had pretty poor marketing from from them to begin with. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a sequel of of a fan favorite Pixar film from the past well, or anything like that. Catchy, right, you exactly. Know, to do there is nothing kids. flashy or right. catchy right. about this at all. Right. And, and I think they really struggle with marketing it. But now that it's out and it's on Disney Plus, it's kind of perfect for it because you're not asking people to drop money, drop time, and go into the theaters. You're just asking people to sit at home on Christmas Day or, or the day after or the day after that and watch it. And that is that's working for them. Yeah. And, and it's getting it's getting positive reviews. It's getting positive buzz, mostly by adults. But I did watch this with my daughter, and she loved it enough that she watched it again today after we watched it yesterday. Cool. So it, there's there is enough in there for the kids to enjoy as well. But I also had to have this conversation with my daughter, you know, about like, well, why isn't Joe like this, or why doesn't he just do this and stuff like that? And I had to have a conversation with her, like, you know, I I didn't just want to tell her like, you understand when you're older, but it's just like, for Joe, it's not enough. And sometimes being an adult, you know, there's nothing is ever enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's kind of a it's kind of a message on our society where like we 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 are so goal oriented and achievement driven right that we want to we want to get there and we want to succeed and we measure our success by measuring others' successes and it's just not the way to live right I agree but it, I agree. but. You know, after seeing this, I'm still going to measure myself to others, and I'm still going to well, be goal driven. Human, achieve, yeah, I'm still human. But it helps you push forward and and go forward, so you can still potentially have a good life in, in between moments. It's nice to have that introspective look, and it's nice that like this this cute animated movie has so much deep things to say. Like one of the things that like really struck me was like one like. When when you go through the hall of achievements, right, which is like you can go through someone's life and look at like all their achievements. Joe's life, one of his big achievements was doing laundry in a laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and like I was sitting there and I was like, what would they do? Like, what he, are my yeah. big achievements in life? He went with adult life. Yeah. Exactly. I don't think I've had anything that I would categorize a big achievement in life. But someone else on the outside of my life looking in might say like. No, no, no. You've you've got a lot going on for you, kid. Like, stop. You know, yeah. you're too hard on yourself. But I mean, it's it's this movie made me think about all this. The fact that me and Jay just spent ten minutes talking about life, and 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 just like what it means to be an adult and what it means to be successful and how we, you know, how we view ourselves and stuff. That's pretty deep for an animated film to make you think of things that way. And so well done and deep enough that I'm not kidding, Dave. There are parts that i will go and revisit and watch because it's that strong and really rang true to me and again uh the music is fantastic in here i love the blues i love jazz music so this really uh struck a chord with me as well so now let me ask you what did you think of of some of the other characters we, we, we talked about joe and 22 a lot and we know the animation's fantastic because it's pixar um but like what did you think of of like graham norton's uh moon wind right the guy who shows them how to astral project and stuff like that because uh, i found that hilarious yeah, it, it it was very amusing. It was very amusing. And, you know, the other characters, I thought voice-wise, were very strong. I knew that Terry was Rachel House the second I heard Terry speak. Okay. <laughs> so, Rachel House, if you don't know who she is, uh, she, she, she played um, Grandmaster's second-in-command in Thor Ragnarok. And she also played uh, child social services woman who was chasing, who, who, who was chasing them through the woods in Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> That's just, so yes. she has a, 
I'll never stop running. Yeah, and I'll never stop chasing you. I'm relentless. I'm like the Terminator. I'm more like Terminator than you. I said at first you're more like Sarah Connor. No, I'm not. Yes, and in the first movie too, before she could do chin-ups. Love it. Love it. <laughs> as soon as I heard her voice, I was like, oh, that's so good. And then, of course, Richard Aode, uh, who from from the IT crowd and stuff like that, he plays he plays one of the counselor Jerry's. Uh, and I thought the Jerry's were great. And I loved the depiction. The of Jerry's them. were fantastic. I loved the that looking like Picasso's and stuff like that. This very abstract view of uh, but something just human enough that the human very mind would charming and it. witty and 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 uh, just matter of fact, but also trustworthy. Yeah. And just kind of. I don't know. It was very, very whimsical. It was yeah. very, very nice. It was nice. If I had to give any negatives, uh, well, you know, a few of the negatives are that I, I did think that the runtime was a little long for an animated film, even though it's not crazy. It's a hundred minutes, but, and and that's not anything crazy. I just, I just felt like there, there were definitely some unnecessary scenes. I understand that they existed for humor, but to to me, they weren't all that funny. But my daughter did crack up at, at most of that stuff. I, I, I did find you know, they didn't really get into the richness of, of the other world of like the afterlife and the before life and stuff like that. I felt like there was more to explore there and we didn't. And maybe if a little bit more of the runtime was spent like kind of there. Um, I, for some reason, I also had trouble with with uh, some of the plot points of, of like astral projecting and going back to the astral right. plane Bouncing back and forth like that yeah 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 and i think that's what you well but that's an adult watching this yeah. yes yes and, and that and that is my um big drawback i think i told you before i love the story i love the message i just didn't like the journey uh watching this movie and it was just very much all over the place and like i said i didn't like all the right. bouncing it, around it and, was pretty and, convenient and the kids stuff yeah elements to it didn't work for me obviously it was pretty convenient that joe was able to get back to the before life so easily i won't say how or by who or, or anything but it was a little bit like okay i mean i guess we need to get there i understand that sure so let's get there because it doesn't change the lesson at the end of the movie it doesn't change the way i feel yeah. about what i'm what i'm seeing in the end there's, it, there's some sloppy stuff and and you know it's funny when you say like you know it's such a good story and it's so well written in certain aspects, but other aspects it's it's kind of not. And I think it's I think it's mainly because oh we got plenty of a, we'll talk about poor writing in our well, next review. <laughs> well, he had such a difficult time marrying up this story that he had that was really getting well fleshed out. It's just the rules weren't established, but, but you know also, what I mean. But also bring it down to the yeah. kids so they can enjoy it and understand it and watch it and right. have fun with it. But in the end, and and I don't want to say this because it's an animated film, but in the end, like. We we don't we don't really need that level of depth for it because by the time we're questioning this stuff, we've already bought the fact that Joe is living inside of a cat whole ham. So <laughs> like <laughs> get off our fucking high horse for a yeah. fucking second. Yeah. And uh Jay, you got a score for, for Soul? Soul B plus. All right, man. I'm at an A. I I wow. really liked okay. it. I really liked it. This is one of those ones that's like I don't know if it's that Pixar movie that I'll go back to as much as some of the other ones but i definitely will go back to this by myself at times without my daughter like up up mm. i go back to sometimes just by myself because up legit fucking destroys my soul in the first 20 minutes like uh like yeah. to toy story 3 i go back to Everybody by myself needs a good cry i toy story 3 kills me like it kills me and then uh you know the the other pixar movie that that for some reason makes me lose my shit is wally <laughs> I, I cry at wally dude i do because it's it's just this this he's this little beacon of hope that just like goes around this ship like waking everybody up and everything like that to yeah. to the horrors that are going on around him and he's doing it so haphazardly and he doesn't mean to do it but he's just so fucking adorable fish out of water and then of course he gets fucking smashed to death and i'm just like oh my god oh. Spoiler, I didn't see the movie. You never saw Wally? No. You don't watch animated movies, I know, that's man. why. Like, I, I, Well, not why, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, it, it it's very rare if I'm going to be watching an animated film. Pixar is like and studio. I know they're kind of like supposed to be like the state of the art, you know, top of the top. So good. Um, Wally's good. Some work, some don't for me. You, you want to talk about killing myself. Well, I mean, well, I, let me finish up my but thought. Let's... For example, Up, I love the beginning. And, and then I just... Did not get on board with it. Like once I saw what was going after that first twenty minutes. Oh, that's because you you haven't dealt with great loss in your life yet. 
No, I liked it. But then <laughs> after, I liked the, that whole emotional roller coaster of it all, and I thought it was innovative. I mean, but then you do when realize I saw that, like, where it was going, I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. Up, up is like the five stages of grief. Like the the whole movie is the five stages yeah. of grief, and it still makes me cry. Like even at the end, when he when he comes to acceptance and he learns to love again and stuff like that, it still makes me cry because I'm yeah. a big bitch. I cried a lot of things, but like Pixar has a direct line to my heart, like Studio Ghibli and stuff like that, where like it it's just it's somehow. It's almost like they effortlessly tie their beautiful animation directly into like the things that make my the my waterworks just turn on. Mm. And like speaking of that, like I watched ET with my daughter this weekend. Oh yeah, and first time, right? It's not the first time she's seen it. She's actually seen it before, but it's the first time she saw it with me, and I didn't know that. I, I put it on, and she had no she didn't know what it was until she saw E.T. And we were at the scene where E.T. was in was well in the hospital inside Elliot's house. And I had to explain to her like symbiotic relationship and the fact that their brainwaves are linked and that what he feels, he feels. And E.T. has to die to let Elliot go and all this stuff. And like I'm getting I get teary eyed when I'm talking to her about it. And she doesn't get it at all. And like, she's still so young. Right. And even at the end, when like I'm bawling my eyes out, when E.T.'s like, I'll be right here. And like E.T. goes away. And at like I'm bawling, especially when the dog runs up the ramp yeah. and comes back down. Like, I was just like, even the dog fucking loves him. I love him. I want to bring him home. He looks like a turd that I would that, <laughs> that I would just flush. But yeah, I, I love the little dude. And my daughter's just like, it's okay. They're going to see each other again. I was like, no, they aren't. Some goodbyes are forever, Logan. Like, it's a tough lesson for you to learn, but it it's true. Some goodbyes are forever. Yeah, that's a good one for her to learn. Yeah, yeah for sure. So as like, as possible. But Soul is one of those things where like, I don't think I cried during Soul, but I definitely got choked up at I moments. I certainly got choked up in a couple parts. Yeah, I certainly got choked up at moments, and my daughter... She doesn't get that emotional. She doesn't have the emotional maturity to understand why yet. But for some reason, Pixar knows how to still make her giggle and crack up while making me blubber and sob like a fucking high school girl that just got broken up with by her boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jay, let's get into our next review for Wonder Woman 1984. Your time will come, Diana. Not yet ready for all that you will do. One day, you will become all that you dream of and more, and everything will be different. Who needs you? Save the world. All right, Jay, I kind of wrote a synopsis for uh, Wonder Woman 1984. The year is 1984. Diana Prince is a doctor of anthropology working at the Smithsonian while still moonlighting as Wonder Woman. But life is not all Duran Duran and flock of seagulls for Diana. She still misses the roguishly but heroic and handsome pilot Steve Trevor, who gave his life to save the world some 70 years prior. But all that will change when a seemingly benign artifact finds its way to Diana's office that would begin to change the world in the hands of the charismatic and self-obsessed Maxwell Lord. Now Diana and newly resurrected Steve Trevor must rekindle their romance and travel the globe to stop Maxwell Lord and set the world straight. Aren't you forgetting about Cheetah? No, no, because the movie mostly forgot about Cheetah too, so I just left (laughs) her out of synopsis altogether. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Yeah, but Barbara Minerva is all along for the ride and becomes the villainess known as Cheetah. And she gives Wonder Woman a little bit of trouble. Well, a little bit. They needed to have some type of a villain that can actually match up to Wonder Woman's powers because... Cool, then give me a fight scene that matches that. Well, Maxwell Lord, 
he's human, you know? He just has a certain kind of power, but it's not something that can be a battle well, to Wonder Woman we're in, physically. We're in spoiler-free territory here before we start uh, playing that spoiler warning and stuff like that. Okay, so, yeah, I'm walking the line, I think. Yeah, that. you but, are. So, ultimately, my impressions on Wonder Woman 1984. Sure. I want to start with the positives. Gal Gadot, I don't think I can ever see anyone else in this role. She is still Diana Prince. She is absolutely outstanding in the role and chris pine being back i don't care what the what what the mcguffin was or the vehicle or whatever the reason is for getting him back but since there's but since there's a third one greenlit i hope we can do it again because those two together are magic they absolutely carry this they really are if it wasn't those two actors in it you put any other two in it i think with without that chemistry this movie probably would have fallen apart because it all hinges on their relationship. The entire end of first act, entire second act, beginning of third act, all hinges on their relationship and how they work together, and it works so well. Yeah, and 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 Diana as a character, you know, as uh, progressing as far as her long lost love and and moving on. And I, I I will say I enjoyed Kristen Wiig. She was not she was not the problem I thought she was going to I be. I agree. I agree. Early on in the film, I really liked her portrayal of Barbara Minerva. I you know I liked the progression that they gave her. I, I liked the reasoning for it and stuff like that. I was cool with all of it. Mm-hmm. It's the third act where I felt that that they let this character down uh, as as a villain in the film, but. I, none of that has anything to do with Kristen Wiig at all. I enjoy Kristen Wiig here. I agree. And that was one of my main concerns about this film going into it was yeah. her and her playing this character and Cheetah um, in the CGI Cheetah type element toward yeah. the end. And Pedro Pascual, he's good as well, serviceable, pretty well. You know, I oh, I loved him. He's probably one of yeah. my favorite things. I have problems with some of the character motivation and flashbacks and stuff like that, but it has again nothing to do with the actor. Everything to do with the script and storytelling and everything like that. I thought, I thought he was fantastic, very charismatic. Yes, and, and um, he needed to be. Oh, he's yeah. so good at it. You know, it was very necessary. And it's weird. I mean, not weird, but like Maxwell Lord is very much more uh, Oberyn Martell, like he was in. in game of thrones he he is very brash he is very bold he is very you know braggadocious you know and it's it's all you know he he's the type of character where he is that way to hide the inner turmoil and to hide the hide the pain and abuse that mm-hmm. he's dealt with his entire life and we we get to learn that you know but that's why he is the way he is it but it's so different than the mandalorian which is just a very Oh, very different. a very even keel type guy. And he looks very different. Oh, and he sounds so- very different. It's 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 really good. And I'll tell you why he's he's definitely a star. And this movie did a fantastic job of capturing eighties action movies. You know what I mean? Like it it, it really did a a service to to pay homage to stuff like that from 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 back in from back in the eighties. You know, it this really the color palette, uh, the 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 way the action was shot. All of that felt very 80s to me. And I was like, that, you know, that works. Yeah. That works, you know. But where it falls apart in the end is mainly the script. I think the script is pretty awful. I think a lot of the dialogue is pretty awful. I think a lot of the motivations going on in this film, the, the, the fact that the MacGuffin, without getting into spoilers, essentially is a giant reset button for everything means that there are no consequences for anybody in this film. Right. Because I, I won't get into it too heavily, but by the end, it can all just go away. Right. Literally. Yeah. And and, 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 and that bothers me a bit. The only person that's left with consequences is Diana, essentially our main character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately this one really just is a, uh, a mix of, Different issues from Patty Jenkins, I believe. I really do. I think because she was the producer, written, and, directed, and produced, writer, by. and director. And I think there's a lot of sequences that were directed that really just did not work for me at all. You know what else, Joe? She's got that same setup for Rogue Squadron. Mm. Yes, writing it and directing it. I don't I know would, about produ- I, would, I don't know about producer. I on would that, be but. nervous. I would be a little nervous. As a Star Wars fan who was very much looking forward to Rogue Squadron movie, 
I, I, I kind of am after watching this because there's the, there's a lot that is left unsaid that we just kind of have to assume as an audience watching a superhero sure. film. And that's not necessarily a bad thing at times, but the, they clearly wanted to go for for more of a lighthearted fare than they went for the first time around. And that's fine. But I didn't feel that the story really warranted it. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't feel like that was earned. You know, I. I and I, I hate comparing DC, DCEU to MCU and stuff like that, but I felt like they wanted this to be kind of like their Thor Ragnarok, and it instead kind of turned out to be a Thor 1 or Thor Dark World. Maybe not that bad. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. But yeah, essentially, it, it wasn't what – it definitely wasn't what I think the studio set out to do, and I don't think – Sure. I, 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 as much as Patty would defend her own movie, and she should, I don't think this is what she set out to do either. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's one of those unspoken things with making the movie. There's so many different aspects and elements involved with it where some things just aren't going to perfectly mesh together. Yeah, you right. can't bad and, talk. And it. I think there's so many moving parts with this uh, with this script, obviously, and the way, you know, you have to direct this kind of film. Uh, I think she might have been a little bit out of her league, and I think she was a little bit, you know, she had a little bit, she didn't know what to do with herself and I think with, so with, the, with this kind of material. And I'm, I'm a little bit nervous that she's already greenlit for a fast-tracked third. And she's going to be also having this kind of power and creative. Do you um, think that's Warner Brothers with like a little bit of like smoke and mirrors where they're just like, we're so confident in it that we're, we're going to greenlight a third regardless of what the review scores say? Now it should be. It, we should remind everybody that before Wonder Woman eighty four came out officially, before we got to see it, its Rotten Tomatoes score was quite high. I believe maybe it's, even ninety percent, and then it drastically dropped. Drastically dropped after it came out. Day that day, and then the next day, and then you know. Now Don't it's know down what that like means. About a sixty four percent Rotten Tomatoes. So. Don't know what that means, but it it's it, it's it's something to take into account, I guess. Because word of mouth clearly does sure. affect people's reviews. And again, you know, it's not a boring movie. I, I didn't have a bad time watching this mm. film, but the problems with this film are quite jarring and you know and noticeable. And it's one of those things where I don't want to really say too many things no. per se in detail because it, you know it's going to ruin your movie experience. You know, I, I don't want to do that. But when I first found out what the MacGuffin was and what it could do, that's a big issue. <laughs> I went like, ugh. It's and that was it too. There's, I was like, no ugh. Real other. I, yeah, I was literally like, I don't. Okay, I mean, I, this is going to cause a problem. I know it, yeah. but I'm going to take the ride, and I was still enjoying it. Then there's a moment at the beginning of the second act where the characters are at the Smithsonian airfield and they're like, oh, check it out. There's this plane over here. Let's go jump in it. And it's a plane that's on display, but it's fueled up and it's and it's 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 on the tarmac it's powered up and it's ready to ready fucking to go. go. And, and they, you don't see a whole soul of a person right. until they start trying to and they have take off and they no that, that, that's fine because she had her smithsonian badge pass that's okay. fine whatever sure but like then it, this is a transatlantic flight diagonally at that from dc to their destination but they have to cross the ocean fighter jets do not have that much fuel and i know like you're like oh you're thinking too much into it and stuff like that I understand. By the time they're in the air, the fact that but this the thing had... the journey of this thing, right. once you see it, you'll understand. The, the fact that it was already fueled up <laughs> and on the tarmac and ready to go, like if, if you're buying into that, then you're not going to question the rest of it. But the fact that I didn't buy into that being there meant that I questioned that entire journey from there on. And that's just, that, that's just, that's just the type of person I am. I don't mean that like, I needed a scene with them like you know coming over and, and, and fueling up the plane and stuff like that. And and maybe maybe there maybe these things were things that were addressed in the longer cut, but this movie was it is an two hours and thirty minutes, and that's thirty minutes too long already. Right. So I'm not asking them to explain this thing. I'm just saying, when you're asking me to suspend disbelief, I'm like, okay. But I felt like the way the movie was setting itself up in the beginning, it didn't ask me to suspend disbelief that much. But now I'm being asked to. And then I, 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 it keeps re-upping that ask of me. It does. But when it started out, I didn't feel like it was asking me to, to suspend my disbelief all that much. 
I mean, certainly Wonder Woman 1 didn't ask me to suspend my disbelief too much. It was much more grounded, and, right. and I think that was the smartest way to go about it, and I hope they go back to that formula in the third. It's also written by Alan Heinberg, who, uh, you know, for comic book writers, for comic book fans, you know, he's he's a great storyteller, you know, and I think he really understands character. Uh, and this one, Patty Jenkins, I'm not saying she doesn't understand character, and but Jeff I'm not Johns sure. as well. And Je- Jeff Johns writes fantastic comics. I'm just saying. I'm not sure about his three, writing. It's the three of them for this movie. Right. I'm not sure about his, his writing capabilities, you know, going forward here. I just, it, it, it just felt like it was asking me to take too many leaps of faith too many times. And by the time we get to a moment in the film where, you know, something Steve, Steve Trevor says to, to Wonder Woman starts echoing in her head and, you know, she, all of a sudden comes up with a magical power that we didn't know existed for her. It's just there. And that happens several times. And all that all that stuff, like every time she she discovers a new power about herself, I want to be like, bitch, you've had 70 some fucking years <laughs> to discover this shit. And you're just doing it now. Yeah. It, it it really made me think of the cellophane S that gets peeled off of Superman in Superman 2 when he throws it at Zod. It's not Zod. It's the it's it's the, it's the big it's the big guy. But he throws that at him. He gets wrapped up, and you're like, "Did you know Superman could do that?" Fuck no, you didn't. But you're gonna go with it now because we're in the third act. Yeah. So just go with it. it. A lot of missteps here, but I'm dogging on it a lot. But in the end, I still had a fair bit of fun with it. I suppose. Sure. I don't want to be too harsh on it. Sure. Because, again, Gadot's still fucking great. Well, there were a couple... Okay, so let me ask you this. The emotional beats that they were trying to hit, did any of them land for you? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, good. So, they, they not entirely, but they definitely got me. There's me a, a goodbye in the movie there, that, that there's got a, me. There's a couple that I was not expecting, and one was from um, Wonder Woman, and also, you know, Pedro Pascal, and I thought... You know, it, it worked, and I think they got it worked me. within yeah, their characters and the story, and and the acting um, delivered. So, you know, that was that was really important for me to see because other than that, you know, even though the performances were you know pretty serviceable at the very least, you have to have some kind of emotional beats that that worked. If it didn't, if those things weren't there, my score would have dropped even lower. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you got for a score for Wonder Woman? This I, I'm going to give it a C plus. Okay, you know I I was pretty low on it, but you know talking about it here, I think I'm I think I'm at a C. I'm not at a C plus, uh, but but I am at a C. You know it's 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 fine. It's fun. It's you know I really think that they they dropped the ball a lot on it. I think yeah. that I I think that. A couple more passes at the script really could have really could have punched it up. I really think that its third act is completely lackluster, and I know that was the big complaint about Wonder sure. Woman, the original one too. Sure. You know that 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 the third act was completely lackluster, and you know, unfortunately, just the big battle doesn't coalesce in in anything that makes me really. And that's the tricky part because for Wonder you know, Woman, I don't want to really get too uh, studio political, but. I feel like they didn't want to really throw the Superman kind of money into this film for a big bombastic, you know, destroying uh, <laughs> Metropolis kind of like you know finale. You know, it's like that's a lot of money that they throw into I, those kind of movies. I but. have some problems with that finale. Too. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I like I'm only that. saying that because I just recently rewatched Man of Steel. Which I, I like Man of Steel a lot. I, 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 do, I do not like that finale though. <laughs> and it's it's probably my uh, my second favorite Zack Snyder film apart from uh, Three Hundred. All right. So, I mean, that those are our scores, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, you know, if you disagree with, you know, our scores, you could definitely reach out to us. All right, Jay, let's let's just get into uh, so some brief spoilers here for Wonder Woman before we get out. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. A wishing stone. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody as, gets one as, wish. As a kid, I would have loved that. <laughs> right, it's a wishing stone, and anything you wish comes true. And and I was sitting there, and I was just like, okay, so by the end, we can just wish this all away, right? And uh, <laughs> and that's fine. That's that, that, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But how it progresses, right. and progresses, and then it affects the world 
as a whole. So that's what I didn't understand, right? I understand that like so bizarre. at the end, Maxwell Lord is standing there. It's being broadcasted to the entire world. How does he hear the entire world's wishes? I wonder, though. That was one of the uh, other mysterious, weird things. Just go with it. Never explained. Yeah. If, if you can believe that a he's plane like in this like laser lightning thing that's right. like beaming into the whole world, and he's speaking to everybody in the world, like, yes, you can have that. Yes, yes. Tell me. I did tell love. I wish. did love the 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 '80s yes man like aspect yeah. of that character. That was oh, great. His bravado. Loved it. It was great. But like when everyone's recounting their wishes and stuff, you know where my head went. Because it's a wishing stone. Everyone in the world's recounting their wishes and stuff like that. If you're here, you watched it. My head went to this. What do you think little Bruce Wayne wished for in 1984? <laughs> I wish to have my parents back. <laughs> do you think he recounted that wish? Bruce? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> little Bruce Wayne having to kill his parents oh, twice. Oh, little Bruce. But like there's Little Bruce. there are things that like I question in this movie. Like Wonder <laughs> Woman flies, right? Yeah. Do you remember when she flew in in uh in Superman uh, in Batman v Superman yes. Dawn of Justice? Yes. She didn't. No, she did. She was flying into um She jumped. She was flying into the guy though with the, the fight when they were fighting were they? And Batman. I think she was it was I don't think so. It wasn't like flying in the sky type stuff, but it was like she was Right. Like you know, like remember? Flying, she, I don't know. It was like a fight thing, and she was definitely. Like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like she was flying. I know that. Like, so here's the thing. I know that they I could be wrong. Though. I know that in <laughs> comics they've played fast and loose with Wonder Woman's powers. Sometimes she can fly. Sometimes she can't. Sometimes she needs the invisible I don't like jet. That. I don't. Like sometimes that. she doesn't. Yeah, fuck that invisible. She's jet. she's been a character that, without rebooting Diana Prince too much, she's she's gone through some changes. Just like Superman. Like there was a time where Superman could split himself into into red, green, blue, indigo. Like he could split himself into like multiple Superman of the colors of the rainbow. Why? I don't know. Because it was the sixties and shit was fucking weird. Yeah. So like they're, they're, <laughs> I'm not saying that like she can't fly. What I'm saying is it's how she got to learning that she could fly, right? Where it's just like it's just wind and air and lift and stuff. Yeah. And she's I replaying think- it in her head and she's just like, oh, if I just stretch my arms out like this, see, I, I can do it. See, <laughs> I was like, no, that's not how it works. That's not I, how flight works see, at all. That's interesting because call me a moron, and you probably will. I took it, I took it as she was losing her flying powers because of Steve Trevor being there, nope. and she was slowly losing all she her never power flew. and power. She didn't power. fly in the first one either. Yeah. So I assume that, that was she, her learning to fly because of Steve Trevor. Because of Steve Trevor's words, right. she learned to fly. Right. Yeah, that's fucked up. Right. It's just no that that's, easily. That's not how it works. Jump, jump, right. and then oh, wait. she catches the wind. I'm not going down. <gasps> yeah. Arms go. Wow. She's. I just of didn't. Trevor. The I'm hair not is saying. In the wind. And I'm not saying Wonder Woman cannot fly. And then bad CGI. What <laughs> I'm saying is, it's just like we're we're just like new powers you know like did we see a scene where she made a mug disappear and she couldn't find it why not you know why not why why didn't we see that scene in the beginning of the movie when we first see her something right exactly something so that way when she makes the jet turn invisible so serviceable when that happened it was just like really it's really fun. a lot of things are ha- like when your MacGuffin literally exists to be plot convenient i guess i shouldn't complain when when your you know your hero is able to pull essentially powers out of their ass to be plot convenient as well you know that those are the things that like really bothered me because it's like i felt like we established this character and now you're trying to redefine them and i'm not saying you can't redefine them i'm just saying you have to give me some justification to do so here not to mention in the first movie the flashbacks diana had to be a certain age before she was able to compete, before she was able to train and stuff like that. When right. she was a little girl, her mother wouldn't let her train. When well, why the fuck is she a little girl training right here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of completely undid our flashbacks from the original Wonder Woman. And I'm like, why? Did we forget that that was a thing, that she was a pretty, pretty princess and wasn't allowed to train as a warrior until she was Gal Gadot and <laughs> doing it? Yeah, it it was a little odd. I mean, I did love the action. I loved the the beginning of the movie. I thought that was a lot of fun to watch. And why does Minerva get? Um, and that two- was it. And that's all you saw of it. Why does Minerva get two wishes? Mm. I question that because everybody gets one wish and stuff like that. 
is it because she wished on it as a stone and then she didn't even make a wish if you if you remember right like he just goes you got it <laughs> he just gave it to her and i guess he has that power i don't know i think at that point maybe but it's still bizarre it, it was just doesn't it was I, and i don't mind seeing her as the cheetah even though i was not thrilled with the look of it I wasn't. I don't mind seeing her as the cheetah, but what I what I mind is how easily. And why cheetah? That was the funny thing too. It's like she wanted to be an apex predator, and that's what she is in the comics. So just okay. go with it. Like, right. <laughs> it's the one time I'm telling you to go with it with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, but like the thing I didn't like was like that that fight didn't feel earned, right? Like it didn't yeah. feel it, it. It didn't feel like it, it had gotten to this point. I wanted them to kind of like she is. She the cheetah is essentially Wonder Woman's Joker. Wonder Woman's Lex Luthor. Wonder like she's the main villain of Wonder okay. Woman, and she's dispatched so easily. And by the end, we don't even know whether she renounced her wish. We don't know whether she still. Maybe she said, you know, get rid of this cheetah bullshit. But like, you know, I still want to be super strong, super confident, big, but, you know, big girl pants. But that was one of the biggest problems was there was no character re- redemption because you know Pedro Pascal Bas- Maxwell has this epiphany and he does, but she doesn't. Exactly, that's my point, and that's what one of the flaws were for her and her character in the story writing. So, like, he had this great one with his child, and you know, but again, it, no consequences for them. No, you don't see him in cuffs. You don't no. see him getting taken away. You don't see Minerva getting taken away and stuff like I know. that. I thought bitch was dead. She got electrocuted, but then like at the end, she's all like soaking wet, and she's like looking forlorn at the sky. It's a shitload of cheese, man. Yeah, and but but for me, I was just like, I I didn't love that fight. You know what I mean? I. I like the look of the, you know, of the. And some of it was like Spider Man shit. Like they're like swinging I, around. Yeah. And I like, loved the gold armor. It's kind of weird. I loved it, the, it looked cool. Looked cool. Looked really cool. Astra, the wings really didn't do much at all, but. But um, Astra, you know, you know, it, we get, we at least, that's one of the things that they talk about early on in the script that comes back in the end. That Astra. You know, was was given that armor by the rest of the yeah. of the Amazonians when they when they put their shields together and she and it wore comes that back am- again in some comes, way and in it the makes end sense. <laughs> it does come back. Yeah, I so I cheered a little bit when I saw Linda Carter. That was a good surprise. It was. That was so the after credit scene, it's just a woman looking. She looks good, looking very much like Gal Gadot from behind. However, I looked right at my wife and I told her like Gal Gadot as as Wonder Woman has these has these lo- has this long luxurious but like also like thin uh, black hair with curls in it. This is very much like thick seventies bush going on on this yeah. woman's head and I, so i looked at my wife and i was like that's linda carter and she goes who and i was like the original wonder woman and sure enough astra uh is is performing acts of heroicism but wonder woman can't find her she's been looking for her for years but you can't find her but bitch is walking down the middle of the street just catching heavy shit and saving people and it's like i've been doing this for years i've been doing Wink. this for years yeah. and it's like wonder woman you are the worst detective <laughs> That's why you got. That's why she needs Bruce. Wayne. That's why she needs Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but you know he's he's too sad because he wished his parents away after he wished. <laughs> he, he's already in his third stint in rehab. You know he's, he's the, there. <laughs> no, it's eighty four. He's probably like ten or eleven years oh, old, God. maybe. I don't know. I don't know how old yeah. Ben Affleck is. I know he's supposed to be in his forties, but uh, in the in in Batman v and in, in uh in, in the DCEU. But like I'm watching it. <laughs> that's the first place my mind went to. Is like. If Bruce Wayne was told to make any wish, you know damn well he, oh, yeah. he wished his parents back to life. Oh yeah! And at the end, he had to wish them away <laughs> for the greater good. For the greater, I'm so sorry, Bob and Dad. <laughs> I renounced my wish. <laughs> and then there's just two strangers standing in fucking Wayne Manor. How, how did we get here, Alfred? <laughs> Alfred gets a shotgun and chases them away. So bizarre. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those. Uh, it's just. It, it's just a classic. It, it, it's 2020. You know, yeah. almost 2021. You know, this is Wonder Woman. This was such a celebrated film. It deserved so much more. You know, and fucking Hollywood is better than this. You know, they should be producing better things than this. You know, th- this is. I feel that I feel like you're you giving know, Wonder Woman '84 the Rocky speech. I'm telling you, man, it was just one of those things. Where you're, it, you're blaming it on some shadow. You're saying it's some it's some virus, it's some COVID, <laughs> that it's his fault or her fault or their fault. Losers do that, and I ain't you. You're better than that. <laughs> That's where I'm getting at. Yes, thank you. It's true. 
Shit. You know, you won't believe this, but back when the original Wonder Woman movie came out, <laughs> you used to fit in the <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Look, it's true, man. It's, so, it's just, you know, because this is going to be such a forgettable film. I don't think it is. People though. are going to. No, man. I, I do. I think people are. This. Wonder Woman has so much more rewatchability, I think. Oh, for sure. Than this one. What, my big problem with this movie was, and I should have said it in, 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 in the main part, not in the spoiler part, but who cares? Where was this movie's no man's land moment, you know? like I do think that a lot of our score for Wonder Woman and a lot of people's love for Wonder Woman do come out of this one scene that is just beautifully scored and, and just so perfectly shot and stuff of Wonder it Woman. It certainly isn't in, the mall sequence because that was a joke. Not. It's not, but where's this movie's, where's that moment for this movie? You know what I mean? Like this movie that like defines the, this moment that the, defines the character. I do love the moment where Steve says goodbye to her and, and she wishes, she renounces his wish. It, oh yeah. It guts me. I feel bad and I feel for her yeah. in that moment. And I was gut number one. And then the, the, the second after that, she you understand she lassoes <laughs> lightning and she rides the lightning. The, the, we play fast and loose with the lasso's fucking rules too, because she says the lasso's true power is truth. But then if she's losing her power, well, guess what? The lasso's losing its power too. Is it truth or is it you, Diana? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know because now the lasso's not glowing anymore. But you said it's not you that yeah. makes it glow. Why? Why is this happening? Why? Anyway, there's 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 problems, and I'm sure people are just like, hey, I uh. You know, I know why, and it's like that's great. I don't 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 tell me why because it's not going to fix the movie for me. The movie didn't tell me why, and if I miss that moment, it, they didn't make it stand out enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, I'm done with this. Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to not rewatch this. <laughs> yeah, I'll, but I'll rewatch I mean, Wonder Woman one again, stuff sure, like that. Sure, sure. And I'm perfectly willing to give Patty Jenkins a second shot because I need to know that that Rogue Squadron's in good hands. <laughs> like I need to know. Yeah, but I'm perfectly I, happy to give another shot to the next one. You know, to the third one, because I still think there's enough in here to carry it forward. I I don't know what this movie says for a greater DCEU, though, or for a greater DC Universe movies and stuff like that, because it was completely contained. And I think that's on purpose, obviously. Sure. You know, there's no there's no crossover here. It, it didn't need to be. No, and, and, and I don't think I don't DC think they meant to. I don't think DC anyway. ever needs to be the MCU, and I don't sure. think they need to cross over everything. I think they should. You can have some winks and nods. That'll be always fun. That's fun, right? But I don't think like showing a little Bruce Wayne wishing his parents back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me that. The end end credits. That's what exactly. I want to say. <laughs> exactly. DVD extras, Blu-ray extras, but but there 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 I go being a fanboy, making everything yeah. in the DC universe about Bruce Wayne. Uh, but anyway, so dark. <laughs> but no, like, I just like I I think that DC's you know mission moving forward is to just tell good stories, and if it makes sense to have them cross over, have them cross over. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Don't go trying to build this like big universe and stuff like that. Have your multiverse and and do it well. You know, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that like 1984 somehow takes place in like this pocket universe that was caused by a wishing stone. You know, like it, that makes sense. Sure. But because everyone in the world remember is going to remember this moment, right? It, like you would think that'd be world defining. Yeah, and and they never answered that. Exactly. And it was, exactly. it was another frustrating thing as well. Right, because like I expected world and peace, that, and, and that's why I expected hands across America, world peace, like you know, everyone to 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 nuclearly disarm because they're just like we got super close to killing each other here, like, like all because we all believed in a wishing stone, and like that was pretty much like the fucking genie. Poof! What do you need? Poof! What do you need? Poof! What do you need? <laughs> Again, it's just it's just the performances. There's a lot of good performances. There's a lot of good certain emotional beats throughout this thing. And, you know, ultimately there's still there was some fun to be had, but ultimately it was still garbage. It was not a well-done movie. Pretty garbage though. Like yeah. Very pretty. Yeah. It's like when you light something. Um, it's it's, it's not like some of the action set pieces, though. It's like sometimes when you light something on fire and like it has that has that blue green red tint to the flame, and you're just like, "Hmm, that's pretty." <laughs> yeah, as you watch your house burn down. Your yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's gonna do it for Super Movie Brothers this week. Uh, if you disagree with anything we said in the show, or you want to add to anything that we said, you can reach out to us on social media 
I'm on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I am on Twitter, J underscore SMB, on Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. And soon to be TikTok, for fuck knows what reason. Maybe. <laughs> Tinkering with the idea. If you, want if you guys more- have any uh, tips and insights as far as what you guys think we should do for TikTok, please let us know. Thanks. Yeah, flat, <laughs> it's fl- flash your butthole. Uh, <laughs> it always gets clicks. <laughs> and of course, uh, if you're enjoying the show and you want more Super Movie Bros content, you can head over to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Super Movie Bros podcast on there for just $1 a month. You can get all the additional content that is available over there. I've heard uh, some people asking like, hey, can you make this an RSS feed? And I'm looking into how to do that because I, I am... I am a Patreon for a few other podcasts and stuff, and they do theirs as as RSS feeds, and I got to figure out how to do it. But if I can make it happen and I can put it on its own RSS feed and you guys can get that content, I'm going to be happy to to do that, to do it for you that way if it makes it easier for you guys to get the content that we put over there on Patreon. And then, of course, we are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. You can check out all the great shows and their one million downloads. Loads, 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 loads. Wow, I just realized I, I echoed loads. Yeah, loads, loads, loads. I renounced my wish. <laughs> you know, like all the times you're just like, come on, baby, let me come in your face. And then she makes that that disgusting face where she's like, I hate every minute of this. You're like, I renounce my wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you're not getting, it's, you lost all the fun of it. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to hear a girl like, uh, it's, just, it's not a good turn on. By the way, it's ageofradio.org. <laughs> I want to thank all you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.